This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming, but New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance, run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Go, my favorite sports team. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, welcome to the number one sports podcast in America soon. Also, where have you been? This is like episode number. Insert episode number. 24. People join, you know, throughout the year, you know, people find it. And when they find it, they go to the newest one. This week's people are special people. You know, you're right. You're right. Welcome, one and all. Thank mm-hmm. you for choosing to give us a try. I hope you enjoy. I don't know what I'm talking I'll about. I'll take it from here, big guy. <laughs> Hang on. Let me, let me take care of it. <laughs> My name is Mark. I am not a sports expert. So if you're joining this and assuming that there is a sports expert that is going to be talking to you first, you're wrong. It's the person talking to you second Tyler here is an expert in sports with the master's degree to prove it yes I have a master's degree in sport administration and I have been an athlete my entire life I've studied stop sports. right there I've watched your entire it. life you've been saying that since the very beginning of this podcast and today we're going to get to the bottom of it oh your life that's what this episode is all about. If you are listening and you doubted all of that expert knowledge, I'm doing air quotes right now, then today is the day where you get to trace the lineage of that knowledge from the moment that you were just a, a sperm and an egg fused into one. Sports was infused into your DNA from that moment. I think you were at some football game or something, and uh, like the cheer of the crowd echoed into your very being, and that's when it started, right? Something like that. You know, I'd have to ask my dad when that happened. <laughs> dad, was there a football game on when you blew the load that <laughs> made me? I just want to know, Dad. <laughs> you know, I'm just curious. Nine months <laughs> or so before my birthday, mm-hmm. was there a big sporting event that was going on? Was there anything happening special that day? Sports? No, but we're going to go back to your origins, your youth time in sports, stuff like that. We did an episode based on my history of sports, which is not that prolific. It was actually quite sparse, to be perfectly honest. Um, And it's going to be interesting because you are not in the driver's seat. Are you in the driver's seat? Are you in the driver's seat for your own life i think you need to be in the driver's seat i need seat. to be in the driver's seat yeah and it's going to be a nine chapter <laughs> saga <laughs> i mean Not this three-act structure now nah, we need more acts more structure in here so i'm gonna kind of like be the driver of this episode everyone hold on to your butts it's gonna be fine i've done this before i know what i'm doing <laughs> 
I mean, you led the Creator Clash episode. I did, yeah. But that was just me talking about bullshit that I knew about. But I don't know. Well, I mean, I know a general understanding. But I actually don't know the depths of it. Um, but before I can do any of that, I need to be possessed by a ghost. Oh, no. The audience is coming for me again, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Tyler, you've been a bad boy. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, so I've got you the latest, spiciest takes from the Go My Favorite Sports Team subreddit, which is reddit.com slash r slash gmfst, unless there's another subreddit that I don't know about. That's the one that I pull from, and that's the one that I interact with. But the first of many, 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 many hot takes this week is this. Tyler, you bastard. WTF, says Adzang. Tyler, what do you mean you gotta educate yourself? Was college not good enough? How dare you not know about all the sports in the world? Do you not have a master's degree in sport? You are supposed to be the sports knower, for God's sake. And Mark, I see you. Why are you not busting his balls about this? I thought you were the ball buster. I have been tricked, backstabbed, and quite possibly bamboozled. Explain, please. Okay. Let's start with how many sports that are known to exist in the entire world. Okay. According to the World Sports Encyclopedia, there are over 8,000 indigenous sports and sporting games around the globe. Uh-huh. How many are on TV? 50. Uh-huh. You know, you expect me, with all of the other knowledge I have to know with math and science mm. and understanding anatomy and physiology mm. and being able to do laundry and clean my <laughs> bathroom and being able to breathe <laughs> and talk, that I would have time for 8,000 sports rules. I feel like you might. I feel like you should. I feel like you could. And you could... You know what? Maybe I need a performance-enhancing drug invented of knowledge where they just inject the rules of every single sport ever to exist and to eventually exist in the future into my noggin. I feel like this should be a goal for you. <laughs> not to have all the rules. Okay, so let's not say that you do primer level because I think this is in response to the soccer primer not existing right. um, and that you have to look up the rules and stuff. I think you could definitely have a basic understanding of like all 8,000 sports. That would be a cool thing and then you could just plop them up from memory. I mean, I literally, uh, this past week, I was talking to somebody who played cricket and I, I was talking to them about cricket and he was actually very impressed with how much I already knew from reading stuff up. Who? Name names. Uh, the, the Andy. His name's Andy. Andy? Andy. I, I can't remember We're calling name. you out, Andy. Sandberg? <clears throat> no, it's not Andy Sandberg. I don't know any other Andys. Well, this Andy had played cricket. He's from the UK. Um, he happened to be in the States and I talked to him for a little bit and uh, he was impressed with my knowledge. And I could do a soccer primer right now. I could do. You could? Yes. Right now? Yes, I could. If it was absolutely necessary, I could. Okay. But I would run into the same issue I had with the hockey episode, right? Uh -huh. People got angry with me because that hockey episode wasn't enough. It wasn't what the hockey people wanted. Uh -huh. So I want to make sure that I don't do that again. Speaking of angry about the hockey primer, Tyler, you bet I'm salty, says Captain Pixie Hollow. You went to one of the playoff games? Are you kidding me? Because if you don't know, Tyler was just at the playoff game for the hockey I was at thing. the Stanley Cup. That's you the official the championship Stanley 
Stanley series. Cup, this so-called master's degree owning person, Captain Pixie Hollow continues, there I was, baking maple cookies because tomorrow is Canada Day, thinking, I don't really mind that they don't know hockey. It's not all that surprising. I still don't know much about American football. We all have our strengths. I thought I was finally at peace, as a dead Canadian no longer rolling in her grave at their minimal hockey knowledge. However, there he was at the Stanley Cup. Unbelievable! Sincerely, a salty, not at all jealous Canadian who is apparently still rolling in her grave. I think this might be a ghost. Uh, yeah, I mean, the ghost of the ghost is in infiltrating your body. Yeah, and, and reading into that, I'm pretty sure like they, they're rolling in their grave right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, in all fairness, I was at the Stanley Cup, and I did learn more about hockey. I made <laughs> sure that I did. Uh, a lot of it really just came back to me from when I watched hockey when I was younger, mm -hmm. but I fully understood icing more. I understood penalty box times mm -hmm. and how that works. There was actually a four-on-four -four incident where both teams were a man down competing mm -hmm. during one of the games, and it was really uh, cool. So You should probably, like, uh, it would be super cool if you wanted to do more, like, fun research. You could do a solo stream where it's, like, Tyler's research time <laughs> about certain sport, and then you could get people in your chat that actually, like, really, really know that sport, and you can ask things, and then... Maybe I'm waiting till the GMFST YouTube channel launches so then I can go live on the GMFST YouTube channel with that particular type of content. That would be very nice. That would be really cool. When is it going live? As soon as, as soon I get as that the video goes edits. live. Got it. Huh? <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah, Mark, where's that Discord, huh? Yeah, well, Hold no, on, no, I'm no, hearing no, all you. the spirits invading mine. <laughs> oh, Mark, you said that the Discord would be ready the same day and on during the last podcast yeah. episode that came out. Where is it? What if it is and it's just an Easter egg hunt and you got to find it? Oh, oh then you hate yeah, your fans. I've rendered you speechless. <laughs> no, they love a puzzle. All right. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, there's a few more that are like, you know, where's this? Says, where's the water polo primer? Says one fish in the sea who might be a fish. All right. All right. We've heard Tyler talk about his time playing. I've played myself and I know how fun and brutal a sport it can be. It's incredibly unrated and we need a primer it's time do you want me to reveal some secrets yes as to why i'm holding back from the water polo why primer. are you getting so sensual because the person that i'm waiting for for the water polo primer is one of the greatest water polo players in the united states history uh. that is interested in potentially maybe coming on for part of the podcast and i might be waiting for when they're there to have you heard it here primer. first tom brady himself also very not well known world-renowned water polo expert he actually has only been playing for one week since his retirement or semi-retirement from football but as soon as he got in the pool it was a ball he knew what to do with it he was like a, a sea otter in the water with that ball incredible he's coming on the podcast you know what I will issue an official challenge to Tom Brady to Tom Brady <laughs> to a water polo off. Yep. Hell one on yeah. one. <laughs> Tom Brady, me you, water polo, same goalie, uh -huh. same competition. Yeah. You're going down. We all know that Tom Brady listens to this podcast. And we so. all yeah, that's why he unretired, don't you know? Mhm. Mm that is true. So, yeah. Tom, I challenge you to a match of water polo. That is a good challenge. That is an incredible challenge actually. All right, Tyler from Indicidian Tyler Aren't there some sports where the athletes aren't allowed to have sex? If so, which ones and why not? I mean, 
that's more so with regards to the training. It has nothing to do with like you're absolutely required to not have sex. But um, there is a reasoning for why athletes don't have sex before major competitions. And a lot of times it has to do with the fact that you are actually fatiguing your body. Sex is a very physically intensive act. Mm. Or it can be, depending on if you just want to lay there or not. But <laughs> um, regardless, it saps energy from your muscles. You use your muscles and you do get fatigued. Okay. So if you ever have sex, you are fatigued afterwards. You just don't necessarily realize it. Are you saying that there's some elements of this? Have you ever gone? I shouldn't even be talking about it because it's so weird. Like the semen retention subreddit. I have not gone down this rabbit don't hole. Don't go there unless you just like it's such a strange concept that the more cum you keep in your body, the more power and like your third eye opens and you feel your whole soul vibrating. It's it's a little bit of an odd belief, but I I don't know about that because obviously for women and anyone else who don't produce semen, do they get any benefits from with stain with with stain with stain with staining with staining with staining? Is that the word? It, well, that's not the word. With with staining. With holding? No, there's a with staining. Abstaining. Abstaining. <laughs> From sex. Um, I would have to look into the, the science of it, but I do know that, like, for at least the male anatomy, mm. the male sexual organs in regards to the production of, perm, of, perm, of, perm. of sperm mm. requires energy because, like, the whole function of semen and sperm is they have a lot of energy sources so that they can swim and go really far to get to the egg. So your body, in creating sperm and semen, takes energy energy from what you eat and what you intake to create that. So if you withhold and don't have to create a whole bunch of new sperm, you're probably saving yourself a little bit. But the only problem with that is your body is forever always creating that. I'm grossed out by right. this. We'll cut out this whole one. It's terrible. It's awful. It's awful. Unless not, I'll leave it up to you, Will. All right, I'm letting the ghosts ejaculate. <laughs> I'm not retaining these ghosts anymore. Get out of my soul. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. 
I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. All right, so now that the ghosts are gone and we're here ready to focus, it's time to get into the nitty-gritty of your life. Oh, God. (laughs) Why? You embarrassed? No, I'm not embarrassed. I'm just, I don't know if you realize this. While a lot of people, it's easy to talk about yourself. Uh I hate talking about myself when somebody else wants me to talk about myself. And it's really weird. Well, I'll have questions for you. I've got questions. Don't worry. I've prepared for this. I know exactly how to guide you through so that you can get all of the good juices of your childhood, scoop them out of your brain and plop them in front so everyone can dissect it and analyze you. Aren't you excited about that? For people to psychoanalyze your history? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I wonder how much trauma they're going to say I had. Oh, we're going to find out. All right. Chapter zero. Pre-Tyler times. P-T-T. Because everyone knows that your upbringing is an influence on who you will be as a person. All this nature versus nurture stuff, it's a little bit of both. Always. So I want to trace back to your parents. Were they involved with sports? Were they like really like big sports people watching it and doing sports themselves? Yeah. My dad and his brothers grew up, they played a lot of baseball. He wanted to play American football, but his mother wouldn't actually let him, despite his brother Tom and brother Steve both playing football into college. My uncle actually went to the University of Penn. Yeah. uh, University of Pennsylvania. So Ivy League school and played football. And honestly, if he hadn't gotten a major knee injury where he he tore up his knee with today's technology that's not a big deal back uh-huh. then he no longer was able to continue on and play in the nfl yeah the, in the french countryside they didn't have many doctors or skilled surgeons that could just rapidly repair things this is in the u.s mark your parents are from france i'm not french you're french you no, have a no. winery in france no i don't it's in california and it's not even Mine. Okay, all right. Can I get some spicy hot takes about no. how Tyler is actually French? No. <laughs> um, and my mom ran. I don't know if I've ever talked about this. My mom grew up relatively not well off, like mm-hmm. pretty poor. She traveled around a lot and never really stayed at the same school because my grandparents, her mom was a teacher, but she quit her job and followed around my grandfather, who was a minister, pastor. I don't I don't know what to call him. He was like non-denominational. Yeah, yeah. Some head of a church or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. And they went around to a bunch of reservations, a bunch of different places, constantly moving. And he was very progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times the churches ended up not liking him because he was for things that the church necessarily might have been against and would speak out about like civil rights and stuff like that. Both my grandparents on my mom's side also were in the Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. 
um, I have coins from Nicaragua before the Nicaraguan Revolution. Wow. Like, I have some pretty cool stuff from that front. So, like, she traveled who, a lot. And who were the Nicaraguans revolutionizing against? Was it the French? No. It might have been. I don't know. It might have been. <laughs> no <laughs> clue. No, no. But, okay. um, Continue. So, my mom, like, she grew up on a lot of, like, Indian reservations and stuff like that. So, like, North Dakota, South Dakota, California, like... Native American reservations. Correct. That's crazy how that's so instilled in our brains. Like, even... It's so recent yeah. that the nomenclature has actually, I mean, it's always been that, but it's just like like the actual correct nomenclature because it's always like in our childhood, like that's what it is. But it's like when you really think about it, India, yeah, like, it's just like the country of India and the Native Americans who are from America and calling them in. It's just like the strangest I thing. I know. It when makes you really no think sense. About it, yeah. And I, like, I didn't even realize I said it until after you like said that. I catch myself all the time. Yeah. yeah. That's just strange. So, like, she grew up around horses and riding horseback and doing a lot of stuff like that to where she was active constantly. And so, like, she ran track, and that's the only real sport that I can think of that she told me about. Like, she played softball. My mm -hmm. my aunt my aunt Carolyn, my mom's sister, was really good at softball. Uh -huh. And so, like, both of my parents were very athletic growing up. Okay. And, you know, my dad played basketball. He said he could dunk when he was in high school. Damn. And so he's the same height as me. Mm -hmm. um, he's actually shorter. He's six foot. I'm oh, six foot. Oh, call it out. <laughs> no, but they, they were both very athletic. My dad actually did marching band. He played the clarinet. Okay. I still have his clarinet, I think, back in Ohio. Never it was in my closet. Uh -huh. um, so, like, both my parents were very athletic growing okay, up. Okay, cool. Chapter one. Popped out the womb ballin'. I want to know, because you've probably seen videos of kids playing with, like, their first toy, which is usually a plastic version of an actual sports tool, right? Like the mm -hmm. big plastic hollow bat or the golf club. But have you ever seen the video of the kid that was golfing? Like, he's only three or four now, or maybe five or something like that. It was a, a, a series of videos that was showing, like, this kid as a toddler had a golf club, and he would hit a ball, and it was terrible. But then, fast forward a few months, and he's his Form's getting better. And then six months of form is actually looking pretty good for a two-year-old. But you compare it to like a real golfer and it's like, the uh, form looks pretty close to what that golfer's doing. I don't know what good form is. Um, but then two years and this kid is like nailing these tiny plastic balls. And then like by third birthday or something like that, dad gets a real golf club and then takes him to a real driving range. And it's like this child has fallen in love with the game of golf so early. And then in 20 years or so, you're going to hear about this kid unless you hate golf which happens all the time yeah uh, doing something else in, in life and it's just i want to know what your first toy even if you don't remember it if you saw a picture of you as a baby or something like first toy that was sport related i have a story mm -hmm. um first of all i also forgot to mention my dad golfed before i was born and won some pretty big golf tournaments like the biggest trophy me and my brother uh we talked about on the podcast before my brother and i would fight over was my dad's giant golf trophy wow so the first toy that I can remember that my dad told me about was when I was like two. Mm -hmm. And it was a golf club. Mm -hmm. But it was a right-handed golf club. Uh -huh. And I was swinging it backwards uh -huh. because I went lefty. And he was in awe at the fact that not only was I hitting the ball uh -huh. consistently, uh -huh. but it went straight when I was swinging the golf club backwards. Wow. Like just across the yard. And my dad talks about it pretty frequently when I talk to him about sports or something like that. He's like, I still remember when you were real little uh -huh. 
and you would swing that golf club, right-handed golf club, backwards. Uh-huh. That yellow, yellow-headed, blue stick, iron of some kind. Well, design. you'd find it a putt-putt course, you know. No, it's like that. not flat on both sides. Oh, okay. it's rounded. Ah. It's like an iron. So I'm swinging the rounded edge into the ball, and the ball's going straight. Wow. So I'm like hitting it just at the exact perfect point to where it's like not going to go way this way or way that way. That sounds really impressive. But even before that, I think um, before I started playing with a toy like that, I climbed trees mm-hmm. because I had my older brother who is two years older. That's not what I asked. That's no. not what I asked. That is not what I asked. Trees are not toys. You can play on trees, but they're not toys. I'm talking like early 90s plastic lead paint. When did lead paint get banned? I think I think before. before I don't time. know. I hope. God, I, I, hope, hope, oh, I hope. I mean, asbestos was at our, ma- our, our <laughs> where we went to middle school, Mark. Was there? Yeah. Oh, no. That's why they shut it down. That might explain my tumor. <laughs> anyway, who knows? Can't correlate. That whole thing got torn down. So it's gone now, and the asbestos has floated into the neighborhood, <laughs> nearby neighborhoods. God. Anyway, chapter two crawl before you can walk what was the first sport either team or, or or like individual one that you personally have a memory of seeing and liking i'm not talking whether you did it or not because that's a whole nother story this is the formative moment in your mind as a young human and and you know the first memory that you have is kind of important for people it's not really something that important mine mm-hmm. is getting my hand rolled up in a window uh when i was in the backseat of the car and you know my mom rolled up the window in front i remember going ow and i don't remember anything before or after that but that is my first memory that i can recall what is your first sport memory of something that was formative you saw and you were like oh wow or like it was some weird ad or something that you saw or a toy. Like what is the first sport formative memory that you have? That's so hard for me because a lot of my memories going that far back aren't Uh, necessarily chronological. I can't put them in order. Mm -hmm. But like I can think back to when I first played baseball. I can think back to wrestling with my dad and my brother. I can think back to probably the earliest that I can remember is watching football on TV, American football. Uh, it was the Atlanta Falcons playing somebody, and I don't remember who it was. The fact that you can remember the Atlanta Falcons is pretty impressive. I want to say it was the Minnesota Vikings, but I'm not certain. Mm-hmm. More than likely, it was the Bengals. Um, but I remember my brother was rooting. I was rooting for the Falcons for whatever reason. My brother was like, I'm going to root for the other team. Okay. Just to be competitive. Right, sure. But I, I remember sitting on the floor in front of the TV and watching American football. And that's probably the earliest sport memory that I can think of because mm-hmm. I was real little. Because that's this, good. Yeah, this was before organized sports. Now we need to look up. How old were you then? I remember preschool memories. So it was probably around then. It was like I was three. Okay. So three, so it would have been like 92. I need someone who's listening to this with way too much time to look up who the Atlanta Falcons played like in that time, in that year, so we can narrow down to what game it was and then find out if they won or lost. Oh, Tyler's doing his way too much time on his hands. Atlanta Falcons, 1992. Schedule. They did not play the Vikings. (gasps) I remember it now. It was November 9th when they were playing the 49ers because I grew up being a major 49ers fan. So my brother rooted for the Falcons. Uh, and I was actually rooting for the Niners because Steve Young and Jerry Rice were two people that I wrote multiple book reports on in elementary school. Whoa. Who won? 49ers. <laughs> and that's who you were rooting for? Yep. Hell yeah. So Tyler's first sport formative memory was 
being a winner. All you people psychoanalyzing at home, that's something really to chew on. All right, chapter three. Dun, 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 dun. The game is on. Your first sport day you physically participated in. Uh, soccer team called the Barney Busters when I was five. Then why hasn't there been a soccer primer yet? Because I hated soccer. Oh, no. <laughs> I hated soccer with a passion as a kid. Oh, wow. Because after every game, and this is stupid, I was itchy. You were itchy? I hated being itchy, wearing the shin guards and mm. the grass. And I also was not allowed to play offense. They always made me play defense. Uh. And so the ball would come at me, and I'd just run up and kick it really hard, and then I'd sit down. <laughs> Which is why you were itchy, because you were sitting down in the grass. But we were forced to wear purple, which is why all of us on the team, I was my, I grew up with these guys. Michael, Drew, Christopher were all on my team. Mm -hmm. So it was all the neighborhood kids. And we hated Barney. Uh. And we were signed the color purple. And so we're like, we don't like this. We're the Barney Busters. Wow. And that was our team name. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I still have the, the, the trophy itself was like this little marble plaque with like a V and a soccer ball on top. That's really cool that's hilarious okay let's go what is your second uh baseball okay third oh, actually wrestling might have been in there i did gymnastics when i was really little i did soccer i think i did gymnastics first uh-huh then i did soccer then and at the same time because i think it was just spring so soccer came first and then baseball because i definitely got into baseball asap like i did t-ball and everything way early because it was so much i watched my brother play that during his practices i would occasionally go out there and, and hit as well i definitely did gymnastics first and then i definitely soccer and baseball are so close they're probably around the same time okay okay and then right. wrestling came about after that because wrestling i started i think in like second or third grade mm -hmm. and then yeah okay chapter four boom, 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 boom. the taste of defeat i want to know about your first time that you really cared about winning like you really cared you wanted to win and you lost the first really bitter defeat it could be in sport or anything but something competition based the thing that stands out to me hmm. is milford south elementary school i was the fastest kid in the school that's a bold claim everyone so, knows south was like the fa the fast of the fast yeah so <laughs> something like that Kyle Jones. Kyle Jones. Challenged me to a race. Okay. And he cheated. <gasps> and he beat me. And I was furious. All right. Look, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt here that he did cheat. Did he? Did he didn't he load run up all with, the way. He didn't did he run. load up with steroids before he ran out no, there? No, he didn't. The rule was we had to run all the way to the basketball hoop and uh -huh. all the way back past the gazebo. Ah, uh, okay. He did not run all the way to the basketball hoop. Uh -huh. And not only did he not run all the way to the basketball hoop, he pushed somebody in front of me so that I ran into them. Okay, well, this seems pretty blatant cheating. <laughs> So, were there any repercussions after this moment? No, everybody just celebrated him. I had the nickname Wheels at the time that um, uh, Steve Williams and Andrew Burton gave me uh -huh. in elementary school. And it carried on to like high school. Like Steve would I'd say hi in the hallway and he'd remember the nickname. That's crazy that middle schoolers are... Or how, how old was this? Middle school? This was elementary school. Elementary school kids are giving each other nicknames like yeah. Wheels. It just reminds me of Holes, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was like the, the kind of 
gangs that little kids form and stuff like that. But okay, so if everyone was celebrating, then everyone must have been watching the race, right? Yeah, but you know, it was far away. Everybody was gathered at the finish line, which uh-huh. was also the starting line. Okay. So the incident where it took place where they cheated mm-hmm. was right by the farthest point, which was the basketball hoop, which was like diagonally across the pavement of Milford South. Mm-hmm. And so like it was so far away that nobody really saw. Okay. And I didn't like run into them or trip or fall or anything, but I had to slow down and run around them and then go. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't like we had a clear path or sanction anything. So you still had to people dodge. It was just the fact that he forced somebody into my path. Gotcha. When I was, uh, so he had stopped early. I ran all the way to the hoop. When I turned around, he pushed the person and I had to avoid. And then he beat me. Uh huh. And it, he didn't beat me by much. But. Now, now, just to, you know. And it still infuriates me. The, you brought that up, and I was like, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Now, I am so fast. I knew oh, I would You were wheels. You were the fastest in the South. Yes. We, we all know that the more we tap into a memory, the less true it yeah. becomes, right? So at this point, it has been many, many years, over 20 years since this occurred, right? Is there a possibility that the facts aren't as you? remember that in actuality maybe he didn't push anyone maybe someone just walked in your way it's very possible maybe you thought the rule was to touch the hoop and he didn't think you had to touch it or something like that and maybe that was like you didn't remember that rule because you only thought about losing the things can get distorted however also it could be entirely true have you ever considered that possibility i mean i haven't recalled that memory a whole bunch uh-huh. i can remember five different times i recall it because the way the brain works is instead of remembering the core memory you end up remembering the last time you remembered the memory <laughs> okay cool yes that's, that's how, how it gets mem- distorded it's, it's like, like it's a, yeah it's a game of telephone that you're playing with yourself in terms of recollection because um even like the the, the perspective that you have in your memories can shift you can actually go out of body in your memories and you see yourself in that that's how you know you've really gotten far from the truth well and even in that like you can fabricate memories oh absolutely 100 percent, 100 percent. but moving on to chapter five sweet sweet victory yeah i want to know about the first time that you tasted the golden sunshine the ambrosia of glorious victory earned or not you won. Against all odds, you succeeded. Hmm. See, this is difficult because I grew up hating defeat so much that that's the one thing that stands out much easier in my mind than any celebratory victory. Interesting. So it's it's really hard for me to think. The greatest thing that I can think of mm-hmm. is playing backyard baseball. And this is awful to think about, but it was Michael, his brother, my brother, and people of the neighborhood behind Michael and Matthew's house. And they're two years older. Matthew is the same age as my brother, who's two years older. And I was up to bat. And, you know, two years is significant in development when it comes to your motor skills and your muscles and everything. Mm -hmm. But I remember I had two strikes on me. And so he threw the next pitch a little bit softer. And I absolutely smashed that ball right back into Matthew's face. No, nice. <laughs> broke yeah. his nose. <laughs> and it was just one of those things where, like, I felt like I was being taunted not by Matthew, but by my own brother uh-huh. and some uh, some of the other older kids that were there. Of like, you can't play with us. You're not good enough. Uh-huh. 
and I just destroyed that ball into his face. Can I tell you right now, the psychoanalyzers are frantically scribbling right now. (laughs) (laughs) First taste of victory was inflicting pain on someone else. Did not even win the game at that moment, but clearly remembers it. I think that that is really interesting, that your first victory is not so much winning in a sport by the rules, but overcoming a perception of other people that they had of you, right? Yeah. kind of symbolic. Yeah, it was more of the fact that like, oh, you're not good. Oh, this, this, this. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I felt bad that I hurt him first and foremost because he was actually being nice and trying to make sure I had an opportunity to be able to hit the ball. Oh, it was everybody else that instigated my like overcoming of that envision uh, of like I'm not good enough. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of different moments about like me and my brother in a foot race and stuff like that when I won, but that's probably the most like outstanding thing that I can think of where I was like, I am good enough to play with the older kids kind of thing. Outstanding move, yes. <laughs> that, is a, that is really, really interesting. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Okay, so we need to speed through the next few chapters because we're still bogged down in the early life and we've only... (laughs) (laughs) Time is a ticking. Well, when I was a kid, I just want to tell this story because this is... um, I came out of the womb and my uncles were all like, he's going to be a football player. I had huge thighs. Were your uncles in the room when you came out of the womb? No, no, when they first met me. That story is not true. No, it's true. Your uncles were not surrounding you in a semicircle with football pads being like... No, this is true. This is true because my uncles tell me this every time. Mm -hmm. It became a thing that every time I saw my uncle Tom, he would hold me by my ankles and I would do sit-ups hanging upside down. Straight up. Real story. Okay. What's Tom's last name? Shide. You sure? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Just checking. Not Brady? (laughs) Yes. No. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, cool. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> what? 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 What did I do? Look, I didn't have a semicircle of uncles around my own birth, and I don't remember it. I just like you do. It wasn't remember. around my birth. It was when I was brought home. You said they saw you come out the womb with football pads and a football in your hand. It was you came in there, and then the afterbirth was in the shape of a football, and you caught it with one hand <laughs> outstretched. I owed Odell Beckham that before yeah. Odell Beckham was born. Odell Beckham was in the wing over from <laughs> you. <laughs> How old is Odell Beckham? I don't even know who this is. Who is this? Odell Beckham Jr., wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams this past season. Why do you say that so disappointedly? I wouldn't know it. Why would I know that? Yeah, he's 29 years old, so he was born four years after me. Well, actually, he was born three years after me he was born in november all right then well you heard it here first everybody chapter six whatever number whatever number it is boom 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 
first team sport where you had to play baseball. with other people? It's either baseball or soccer. They were around the same time. Chapter seven. First individual sport. I never really did individual sports. I guess gymnastics, but we didn't compete. So it was more or less like an exercise thing. It was Queen City Gymnastics um, that we went to. Mm-hmm. So first individual is probably just natural foot races just in the neighborhood or um, at school. That makes sense. Chapter eight. The fondest memory you have from your childhood specifically, let's say pre-high school in sports, the fondest memory. It's probably baseball. I mean, my mom kept score on the bench and my dad was one of the hitting coaches. And my team, uh, I could name like almost every single player on this team, Mm -hmm. but we just won constantly. We were all on the same page. We're all excited about it. We would have went to the city tournament, but we had multiple people on the team that played soccer as well. And we didn't want to take them away from the soccer team. Mm -hmm. And that just how good that team was and how much fun we had hanging out with each other. Jonathan Powell, Joseph, Evan Wolf, Jacob Munns, Michael Chaxfield, Adam Bryant, BJ Kreutz, Chris Thatch, like Michael Stevens. It was just an incredible team. And we were very, very good. That's great. But I will also follow up that with I'm looking for one moment specifically. Uh, I know while you think that I will tell you a story that that is mine. It was the first moment that I was in a group and realized that I might actually be able to have friends and enjoy time socially. But it's funny because I wasn't even involved with this. I don't even think it was sport related. I don't know what it was. I don't know why I was there. It was like many things in my childhood. Things just kind of happened and I was there. And wherever it was, we were all sleeping in a dorm, like a bunk beds, dorm room, like kind of like a dorm situation. Um, I was very young. I don't remember exactly how old but all I remember was just having fun as a group because in the middle of the night after the lights went out we were all sleeping or as I assumed like you you go to bed afterwards you know you just go to bed and then I heard some creaking coming out of a bunk bed someone was coming down someone was tiptoeing around by my bunk I could hear them circling my bunk but they weren't coming for me they were going around to the bunk next to me and they tap someone I hear soft fabric tapping and someone leans over and goes you got the shaving cream. I hear this other voice go, yeah, you got the will. Yeah, you got the nerve. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get up out of bed and the two of them creep over to one of the bunks where there's snoring coming from. Or I think it's hard to like remember what the specifics of it, but my, my senses were like hyper-focused, but my eyes were closed. It was dark anyway. I wouldn't have been able to see. So it's like I'm really trying to listen to what's happening around me. And then I hear... <laughs> Which is shaving cream being put into a hand. And then just, whap! Someone slaps someone across the face with shaving cream. Just, bam! And you hear, (laughs) All of a sudden, everyone jumps out of their bunks. Just like, what is happening? It's just like, I remember that so specifically. I was no part of it. I was not even a part of it. But I remember it so well because it was the moment where I realized that, like, oh, this is what hanging out and goofing off and having fun is, which is something that I had not experienced at some point. At that point in my life, I had not. Because for the most part, it was just me and my brother and, like, the occasional neighborhood kid we would hang out for a little bit. But it was mostly just me and my brother. I had never been in a situation where it was, like, a group of people having a good time. I want to know what your story like that is. I don't know if I have a single one that pops out no what what is one like there has there's moments i mean getting picked first for backyard football numerous times Uh um starting to feel like all of my positive memories are like repressed your positive memories are repressed that is that is probably wait psychoanalysts all of them just went (laughs) (laughs) like 
Why? I vividly remember like negative things. I don't really vividly remember positive things. Mm-hmm. I I vividly remember negative things too. In fact, it's like a lot of negative things. But at the same time, like there are definitely some nuggets of like fun, even if not early childhood, like going into high school. Man, I can't really I can't really think of one. That's crazy. Like not one particular moment I can think of like brief instances of certain things that happen, but I can't think of one particular like major celebratory thing. Huh. Nothing like my story where it was just a, like a really funny, like cool moment that happened, even if it wasn't out featuring you. I remember making like a great catch, but then it's followed immediately by a negative thing. Really? This is probably the coolest thing. Um, This one's not followed by a major one, but this is one that my dad reminds me of that I don't actually vividly remember myself. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm playing center field in baseball and we're playing against Fairfield. Mm -hmm. And they're notoriously another great hitting team. We were known, both of our teams were really good at hitting. Mm -hmm. And I'm playing center field and I'm, you know, I'm fast. I had the nickname wheels and all that in elementary school. And the ball gets hit over my head with bases loaded. Mm. And I sprint back, I get the ball and I launch it absolutely launch it. Pitcher is Joseph. Joseph catches it from the pitcher's mount. I'm like against the fence in the back, which for a kid throwing it that far is a lot. He catches it, turns and chucks it home to whoever's catching right now. And I think it's Michael. Hmm. It's either Michael or it was Josh Means, depending on the year. And they get called out because they don't slide. And it was the person who hit the ball who literally would have had a grand slam. Oh. And it was the final out of the inning. Ah. And the reason why that I was like, hell yeah, but I also, my arm hurt and I come back into the bench and my dad tells me I'm pitching. I literally am like, I don't know if I can, my arm hurts and I have to go pitch. Uh And I went and I pitched, I did not pitch well. Uh So I went from this really cool moment where I was like, hell yeah, I did that to, ow. (laughs) Ow, yeah. Um, Hmm. You think that's a, like a common theme in your childhood is like uh, moments of glory are like sh- shadowed yeah. by like all of the failures that surround it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think about the water polo state championship. I was the only person that was like unhappy. Hmm. Like I was glad we won. Don't get me wrong. I had elation. I celebrated. But once things settled in, mm-hmm. my brain was like, I wasn't in the pool when that final whistle blew. I had two ejections and I was pulled and sat on the bench as a senior for the final, like half of the final quarter. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, it's the key moment in the game. Why am I not in? Gotcha. And so like those subtleties haunt me because it's like, I don't know, it feels like when it comes down to brass tacks, I'm behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And it's possibly the reason why like I have... S- like the same way my brain works is like if I screw something up and something bad happens after the fact, I domino affect it back to myself. Gotcha. Interesting. That's fascinating. Not to like be like, wow, that piece of you. But it explains a lot because I know you and I've known you for a very long time. And I've seen elements of this throughout our time knowing each other. And uh, especially in recent years, you know, getting to know you even more since you came out to L.A. It's like, yeah, I definitely I definitely see that because sometimes it'll be like, yeah, this should be like great things are happening. Great things are always happening. And yet, you know. It does seem like sometimes you dwell only on the shortcomings of, of yourself, not not everyone else around you is like, I could have done better at this, or I could have done better at this. But no, honestly, like, you know, I hope you realize, like, you've accomplished a great deal. Uh, you've accomplished a great deal here in L.A., you know, with your sports career, given the circumstances that you were in even, but even, like, not even looking at that, you, you did more than most. It's just like, I hope you're more proud of yourself than you seem to be, because I am. 
Well, thank you. This is like so daunting to me that I can't even think of like, like I love sport. Uh huh. And I've had, I know of numerous moments where I've like enjoyed stuff, but I cannot specifically recall like a triumph. Man, I didn't think that they would like spill into something like that. I never even realized because like I don't have like a sports related triumph in my life. You know, maybe that one moment where I caught Michael Thackson in that uh, <laughs> flag football game. Yeah, but that was later in life. But, you know, just like didn't grow up in sports. I didn't have a lot of wins either. I just well, thought of one. Okay. The okay. wink, wink, nod, nod where I actually made it all the way to the serving square. Gotcha. Okay. I do remember that distinctly. But the thing is, it's surrounded by a negative because mm. wink, wink, nod, nod was... A signal for people to try and get me out because yeah. I had done something and there was a grudge against me. I don't know what it was or I what think I it was said. Too good. When I talked to Dan and Thaxton about it, uh-huh. it, there was like a long time ago. There was something I had done that made them if mad. I wonder what they're doing right now. Like if you called up one of them and be like, "Do you remember what wink wink?" I, I'm nah, gonna nah. try it because right this is a funny thing about stories like this. And everyone listening at home is like, these people that we're talking about are literally people that we both grew up with and that we know. And so it's kind of crazy to like have these things because I re- why do I remember wink wink nod nod yeah because it was the four square thing yeah I don't know if he'll answer it's 10 o'clock at night oh I go to bed at 9 30 so yeah but he has kids all right please leave your message hey Michael Mark and I are sitting here recording the go my favorite sports team podcast and wink wink nod nod came up do you remember Wink Wink Nod Nod from middle school when we played Foursquare? Uh, it was don't give any more details. That's that's all just, that it just is. Just need to but, know what that word means to you. Yeah. What just, does Wink Wink Nod Nod mean to you? Yeah. And why did Wink Wink Nod Nod happen? Why do I remember Wink Wink Nod Nod? Yeah, why? Why do we both remember Wink Wink Nod Nod? Anyway, you should get back to us and and let us know. No, yeah. If you want to, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, should should could would. How are you? Good, good, good to hear from you. Been a while. I, COVID, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be back soon. No, but if you if you remember, we'd love to hear about it and uh, be able to find out why Wink Wink Nod Nod came about and what it means to you. All right, bye. Why do you leave voicemails so professionally? I We're here with the Go My Favorite Sports <laughs> Team podcast. Uh, yeah, you, you've pointed this out anytime I hop on the phone as I get this way hi my name is tyler scheid i'm (laughs) (laughs) calling about uh (laughs) no i know (laughs) i do the same thing i do the same thing anyway where were we we talked about wink wink nod nod and my stories stories like what was the triumph it was the fact that i came in and immediately wink wink nod nod was signaled Mm -hmm. and dan was in the serving square at the time teppy yeah wow and he was pretty good at foursquare yeah. I think Thaxton was in there, and I don't remember who the third one was, but obviously there were, we had a line. We usually had a line of four or five people, uh-huh. and I just remember surviving and going, yes, because I got somebody out. Yeah. And Thaxton was in the square next to me, and the next person who got out was Dan. Uh-huh. So then Thaxton was serving. I was in the runner-up square, yeah. and everybody's targeting me, and I'm just flying all over the square, bouncing the ball. I'm like, no, I'm not getting out. Not today. <laughs> and Thaxton ends up getting out, uh-huh. and I move into the serving square, and I go, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> That's the triumph that I can remember, and I do remember uh-huh. that one. That's good. That's good. It was after I discovered what Wink Wink Nod Nod was the signal to get me out, uh-huh. and I was just like, I just beat all of you. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think I don't remember remember why it was or if I was even a part of it because I wasn't really in that friend group yet like mm-hmm. I, I you probably had seen me around or like but I don't, I didn't have a friend group at the time because I just came in to public 
school. But it was one of those things where I heard it at some point. I because I, I played Foursquare. Tether Ball was right by Foursquare. Well, I also played Foursquare yeah. with you guys at some point. I'm sure because it's not that big a school. Um, but it's like I am sure that it was a signal because they all knew you were too good, and if you were allowed to get in the serving square, you would hit it too hard. <laughs> so in a weird <laughs> way, it's like yes, you could look at it in a negative way, but also you got to admire the fact that everyone had to come up with a signal to try to beat you because you were that good <laughs> and and to be even remotely on a level playing field with you uh with how competitive you were they had to like okay we gotta get him out it's like when have you seen survivor yeah it's like you vote out the strong one because it's like he's too big of a threat for later that's on. that's in a way kind of like a sign of respect to be like you're too dangerous to keep in here but in my head it was like my friends don't like me and don't want to play with me which also is not the case you know it's it never is that thing we all have fears inside of our mind of what people are thinking it's more in a moment of just like everyone's like i want to win everyone wants to win everyone yeah. want the moment of glory and it's like it's not negative to you it's like good god he's too good let's all get him out so we we can because it's like <laughs> that's what it is a survivor because it's like get the strong one out and then all of them squabble because they're suddenly like now we only have we to fight each other <laughs> and then we're trying to win. so it's like yeah it's, it's never a personal slide i don't think because as someone who was on the outskirts who people did not like especially in that time frame i can tell you the more painful thing is being ignored like by far that is the more painful thing i'm not saying like oh my i had a worse time than you it's just like the opposite of of loving something is uh not hating it because you still have to care about it it's being indifferent yeah. towards something not caring about it at all that's truly the opposite of being interested in something so in a way you know me all i was with another body in the line all i was ever you know, Tetherball was pretty good at it, but it was just like, for that part of my childhood, I think that, and, and again, I can't say things about your childhood, but it's just like, I think uh, some of the negatives may not be as bad. Well, do you remember in college, mm -hmm. every time I was able to be at UC for a party and you walked in, I immediately yelled, Mark! Yeah. <laughs> that was every great. time. That was great. That was always great. No, because it literally, not very often in school itself, but mm -hmm. when wrestling and everything else, like I've known you for so long mm -hmm. that it was just one of those things that like when I saw you at those parties or when we did that stuff, like I, I remember you from Thaxton's birthday party when we played Risk and you got really mad. Yeah, um, flipped and, the table. God, uh, <laughs> I was such an angry kid anyway. Nah. I know why you, well, the, the reason you got mad was me and Bobby teamed up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, very unfair. See, yeah. wink, wink, nod. nod. <laughs> I think like, I, did, I had Australia like cornered, so I, I think I was like too dangerous in that spot. So I was just like, good blue. Anyway, continue. Yeah, but it's one of those things that like how far back we went. It's I and I got to get to know you pretty frequently during wrestling because like between matches was boring. You're waiting for your time to go up and stuff like that. And so I'd sit there and talk and it'd be like me, you and Zach. Mm -hmm. And we'd just be sitting there talking or and me and you were in like close weight classes. Mm -hmm. So when we were on the bench during duels, we'd sit next to each other because we mm -hmm. always set an order of weight class. Mm -hmm. And so like I had interacted with you and I don't know if you ever realized this, that I always saw the comedy that you had and enjoyed your company. So then when I saw you, when we went to those college parties, it was like, oh my God, Mark's here. I was just excited to see you because all through high school and all through all these other different times, like I didn't see you. I was busy with other sports or you at the time didn't really hang out with a lot of people outside of school. So like seeing you outside of just school mm -hmm. was a big deal to me. So that's why like when I saw you, it was like, I want to hang out with Mark. 
Oh, appreciate that. And man. so I, I honestly think that's why like our friendship is the way that it is, is because of the distinct memories that I have of you before you really saw yourself able to come out of your shell into the limelight that you mm -hmm. have. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Um, like it's very kind of you to say, number one. And number two, like just how meaningful those moments were because I remember them like in between matches and it wasn't boring for me it was very nerve-wracking I was incredibly nervous before every match it's just like how I was but to have someone to talk to because as you know but not many people at home probably know I was an extremely not necessarily shy but quiet kid I didn't talk really I didn't volunteer conversation I wasn't very confident I guess shy is a good term for it um, but I wanted like anyone to talk to. I was desperate for it. I and mean, the fact that you, and I do remember Zach also, like being there and just like having conversations, sitting and talking. Like I said, with that moment in the, whatever bunkhouse I was in the middle of the night, I wasn't part of it. But to be in the environment where it was occurring, it felt like I was welcome. And it's, it's one of those things where I don't know when or how the moment when I stumbled into this friend group that we just called up, you know, Thaxon and Dan Debbie and all those people in that friend group. I don't know when I stumbled in, but I'm almost positive it must have been you. I'm almost positive. It must have been at some point you invited me to something because how else the hell would I have met them? Mm -hmm. You know, because I was at the time in band, you know, I was friend with you know, Drew and Matt, I don't know if you know them very well, yeah. Drew, Matt, and Brandon, and they weren't exactly in that friend group. You know, Matt sometimes right. fell in, Drew sometimes fell in, but it was like, I think you were the vehicle to that because Dan played football, you know, Michael, they were very sport-related yeah, people. Yeah, Michael and, was soccer. And, uh, you know, that that wasn't me. I didn't, I didn't play sports, but I think it's just because you opened the door for me to actually have a social life. I wouldn't have had any kind of social circle if it wasn't for you, I don't think. I can't say that with 100% confidence, but I don't see any other reason how it would have happened. I remember um, one time very specifically, this is a really formative memory for me. I was walking down the hall to the band room. You remember in junior high, there was that long hallway that led to the band room at the very end. I was on the door on the right. And when I turned the corner to go down that hall, the band that I've always seen, there was a football people in big football pads, all of you guys just lining <laughs> that hallway. And I don't know if you remember this. Like it probably is a nothing to you. Like it was a non-moment because why would it have been? And you like all of the football team was like sitting on their the sides and their legs were sticking out so it was like it was like walking down a gauntlet of terror uh because at the time i was very shy and i just remember at the very end you know it was like very awkward it got real quiet as i walked by because i had my trumpet and you know i was i had my like dress shirt and tie because it was like some recital or something like that um and i remember like you and dan were at the end and you guys were like hey make way come on mark's coming through and like it was the fucking tiniest thing it was the tiniest thing. It didn't mean anything to you guys. I know it didn't because why would it? It was just like, oh, oh it's him. Like, uh, let's let him get through. And um, But it meant the world. Like, to be acknowledged and, like, someone knew me in that moment because of just how shy I was. Like, I remember that to this day. And, again, it's like these moments that we have, for everyone listening, you, you, you don't know the moments that bring such meaning to someone's life in the tiniest ways because I, I remember because I was dressed that way my pants were very high up and I think someone at the beginning of the line I don't remember who was mean to you they were like oh, high water pants or some comment oh. like that I don't even know I didn't even know what that meant but I knew I was being made fun of um, and so like the rest of the walk was really tough and then at the end it was like suddenly someone knew me and it was like it turned that bad moment into just like I felt like someone you know I felt like my own person and like people might actually care about me it was like the first step on the road towards that friend group and uh, I, again I don't know when exactly it was in high school not necessarily junior high but it was like that moment where I started to actually look at myself as a person that other people like might want to be friends with so it's um 
it is something really, really interesting to look back on and see these like negative moments and positive moments and like dancing around like sun and moon kind of thing, yin and yang. But all in all, I believe in you incredibly. I know what you're capable of. I know what you have done to get here and the pain that you've gone through. It's one thing that like I relate to in a smaller way, but in just way like I admire the strength you've had to get to this point. Because um, people who've been listening to this podcast generally know your story. And obviously we're running out of time for this one uh, to get through. But it's just like part of the reason why I wanted to make this podcast with you is just because I wanted to hear your stories. Like not necessarily the stories, but sports around the world, which we will talk about and we do talk about and we will joke about and whatever. But it's just like the bottom of more importantly is your story and my story and our story together and like figuring out where that the dance is there and like the human connection between all of it you know and the improv classes that we took <laughs> you know and i know you beat yourself up a lot about improv but literally the one scene that i remember was us <laughs> in the background of that change scene is the funniest shit i know you beat yourself up about a lot of things but just like man you've come a long 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 way in terms of like just being your own person finding your own identity and this is the one platform where you get to shine i've never the reason why i'm doing these like possessed by ghosts at the beginning of this is because you actually i love the look on your face when you, it's like i'm ready bring it on <laughs> I, I actually know what i'm talking about and i love seeing that in you because I, I i hate to think that like you don't have too many positive memories from childhood but it's just like i want to make more positive memories with you and it's not that i don't have positive memories it's just that for whatever reason i glump them together and the negative ones stand as their own thing, mm. you know, and they blend together. And like, I have those positive memories. And the thing about it to me is like, it wasn't that I loved winning. Mm -hmm. It's that I hate losing. Yeah. And so when I lose, the strong emotion that I got from that was always greater than the celebration of winning. Mm -hmm. Because it was just, I absolutely felt defeated. Yeah. And so I think that's more so why that stands out is just the way my brain works is I hated losing. And it's not something that my parents instilled in me. That's for darn sure because they hated the way that I was when I lost, mm -hmm. how mad I would get. I would like Chris Thatch hated that I'd run in front of him and catch the ball because he literally dropped it too many times. That's mm -hmm. a true story. But it's one of those things where the stronger emotion in me was the hatred of losing than the celebration of success. And I think that is something that I battle with every single day, like a big deal why like, you know, I might have had a great show, but one thing went wrong. Mm. And afterwards, I was just like, oh, I missed. I'm sorry, guys. I screwed up. It was I, I just focus on the stupid small thing. Mm -hmm instead of perfection. Like even just this Saturday on the show that I was on, it was a very intimate like role-playing moment where my character was proposing to another character mm. and I screwed up their name. Oh, it's role-playing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Is it like some elven like name? Is it like me. some horrible like thing? Like, like what was the what, what was the name? What was the name? What was the name? What was it was the, the name? character's mother's name. Okay, what was the name? What was the name? Uh, so I needed to say Lydia, and I said Lavinia, and they're very close. Like, well, that Lav sounds cooler. Who's <laughs> named Lydia in a role playing? Like, what is this bullshit? <laughs> Lavinia, Lavinia. But it was just like immediately, like everybody laughed. They thought it was funny, mm -hmm. and they said it was a, a great job. But it, it's still like I trying to let go of that little thing, and it just mm -hmm. just 
stays there. Yeah, it's like it's like the ability to roll with the punches, you know. It's just like yeah. instead of like getting bogged down in the details. Some people are built in the way that they hate losing or they love winning. I I guess I tend towards the loving of winning thing, but I actually think that there's a third category, which is like just loving being in the game. Yeah, you know? and I've and, gotten to that point yeah. in a lot of ways. And I think that's the balance. It's like you you do you, it's not mean you don't hate losing or don't love winning to a huge extent, but you find yourself in the center of the process of like losing is one side, winning is one side both occur but the beauty of it is in the moment and that's why like I really emphasize those moments that are neither winning nor losing you know it's just like the the moments of our just like when we were filming in Austin for space and like the long days and coming home and mm-hmm. everyone getting the barbecue out and just like uh, if, even if the day was a big win or like I mean it's not like we had big loss days but they were tough you know there was no winning to be had it's just like a work day is done but then coming home and just like everyone gathered around the barbecue slopping up macaroni salad you know that's good times yeah and we were exhausted but we were still just like talking and Mm -hmm. and just enjoying each other's company yeah Yeah. that's that's really what makes all the difference in the world and i think people uh should remember those moments as they're happening because they are sometimes few and far between but when they occur you know you really know the people that care about you and much like filming sports can do that for you so thank you guys we're running out of time but thank you for listening to this episode yeah this is the uh first part in apparently a multi-part series (laughs) about the enigma of Tyler's life. We may not get to it immediately after this episode. A lot to get through and a lot of cool stuff to talk about. We do have more primers that we need to do and do have more actually current sport things to talk about. Uh, But this gives an insight into the world of how sports weaves people together. Even people that don't play sports, like myself, got woven into this tapestry that was united by sports on these tiny moments. The moments are tiny little stitches. Complex fabric of lives, our lives, all of our lives. So thank you. And now your tiny stitch that you're going to help us with is spreading the word about this podcast. It's not just about sports. It's about the human connection between all of us. And right now there is a strong connection and I am pulsing through the connection to like, favorite, and subscribe. Whatever the YouTube equivalent of that is on whatever podcasting platform that you have, please do so. New episodes every Thursday. If this was your first episode, I hope you enjoyed it. It was a bit more uh, serious, actually, than yeah. some. But, you know, we we have laughs. We have serious discussions. We talk about everything related to sports. Yeah, and make sure and download episodes. That way you don't have to stream them. Mm-hmm. So if you're ever in a place where you lose connection, whether it's through mobile or Wi-Fi or anything like that, you can listen to it if you download it onto your device. It doesn't take much space, and that's also a great indicator of success for podcasts, so it helps us a lot. And we are gunning to be the number one sports podcast in America, and eventually the world. So stay tuned because you're just starting with us on this journey towards the top. That's the ultimate win, baby. Let's get it! Who is the number one right now? Uh, Number one right now that I saw, I think, is the Draymond Green show. We're gonna take him down. We're number six at the moment. Guys, you're really letting us down. Anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> 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 Bye. Bye.